Happy New Year. It's Four Blades. We thought we'd do a podcast because we haven't done one for a while. It's not like us, I know. But uh, I'm John and I'm joined by Phil. Hello, everyone. Ian. Happy New Year. Can we still say that on the 18th of January? But there we go. Well, you have. And um, who's wearing a really pink, fluffy dressing gown and it looks lovely. Good evening, Dan. Good evening. So, yeah, uh, we thought we'd better do one of these. It's been been a bit of a weird one. I feel like the Christmas period uh, sort of fell off a cliff at about 5pm on Boxing Day in terms of any enthusiasm. Uh, but then we, we started January by bringing in one of the rumoured targets pretty much off the bat. Um, and as is the way with the Premier League, there's not an awful lot of football regularly to to judge things by, but we got a 4-0 win against a League 2 side. Um, and we sat here with the same sort of squad of players. Doesn't look like much is happening. I suppose I when we were going to record this, Ian said, what should we talk about? And I said, I think for me personally, it's a bit of a expectations versus reality check um, because I was feeling a bit more optimistic about things with Wilder. We'd had a one or two positive results, and I've sort of regressed to the mean of apathy in the last week or two. I don't know about anybody else. It's just business as usual as Jeff United fan, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much with you. Apathy is probably the, the, the right word. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kicking the balls go. I mean, I wasn't at the Luton game. I was watching it on my phone on Prime but it just felt like the biggest kick in the balls despite despite us you know doing a little bit up and down the last few games it, I just yeah it it just felt like season over genuinely we, we just we beat one. ourselves I mean we haven't got long enough to dissect that game depending on how long you want in this pod to be but we, we beat ourselves we, we, we were horrendous for the first probably half an hour, 40 minutes, got back into the game with a better side and then just stopped. Yeah. And I, I thought, <clears throat> excuse me, some of Wilder's comments afterwards, effectively blaming the, the uh, bravery of the players was quite telling. And yeah. albeit, albeit none of the first team squad, well, first team regulars, you would say, have gone yet. I don't think he's wrong to to blame the bravery of the players. The amount of goals that we've seen this season that have been partly blamed on Fodrenham when we've dropped so deep, the gap between the defence and the the goalkeeper is so small, it's negligible whose fault it is because it could be both. And and that happened again. Obviously, the first goal is clearly his fault on on Boxing Day, but it's as if we haven't got the balls to, to see these things through. The Villa game, the Luton game is a classic example of it. And I think it's very telling that this transfer window so far, we've already lost, is it three of the summer transfers? Two or three of the summer transfers? Yeah. Oh, it's three, isn't it? Three right. have gone. And do you the, it's no surprise. Do you remember the Warnock documentary where he was having that tear-up with Morgan in the dressing room after the game? Um, and Warnock was basically saying, 
it takes bollocks to basically hold your nerve on the edge of the box and say we're not going to drop and drop and drop and drop. And it's it, and it's the easiest thing in the world as as a defender, as a centre half, if you're facing a free kick or something like that, to drop as deep as you can. And it like, and he was right. It takes it takes more balls to kind of hold hold your nerve and and, and hold your line on the edge of the box. And I, I mean, I tweeted it the other week that, yeah, all right, Heckingbottom wasn't he wasn't doing what he should have done, but I still maintain that the playing squad we've got was more to blame for the position we were in than Heckingbottom. And that's the ability of them and the mental fortitude application, whatever you want to call it. I think that was a bigger problem than than the manager. I think that's a, a fair point to make, Dan. I think as well, Phil, the fact that players that came into the club in the summer have gone and it looks like one of our other better players or at least somebody who at the beginning of the season would be considered one of our most important players, apparently might be on his way um, as well. He just, this, I don't know, I feel like there's it's it's a real problem at the club at the moment. And I don't think we can, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's down to one thing or person. It's an, it's numerous things. We've got so many people underperforming. <laughs> Obviously, there's a massive mentality issue because of how many points we've dropped in the last minute. Whether we're trying or those results over Christmas contributed to it a little bit, but like we're, we're clearly not being able to attract any players. Um, I will caveat that that say there's not been much business done full stop across the league actually yet. Um, I'm not worried yeah. by the lack of transfer activity so far. I, I think I'd rather, I'd rather. It's difficult. I'd rather have spent nothing because if we're just going to get people on short-term loans to try and keep us up when the season's dead, I don't see the point. The only player I've seen us oh. linked with that I think would be worth signing, if he's any good, is this young Irish kid. This this kid that's this. Is he 18, 19 years yeah, old? Center for, the, for the future. So if yeah. you sign him now or we yeah, sign him in two him weeks, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The other ones, the one, I mean, again, I'm going to sound like a bit of a harbinger of doom. Brerett and Diaz don't see the point. Honestly, and I hope I'm wrong and he gets 15 goals in the second half of the season, but I don't see the point. Kasper Schmeichel, Danny Ward, Chris Meppham, I don't see the point. I honestly don't see the point in any of them. None of them are going to make enough difference to to keep us up in which case what's the point for, for me I, I i'm not too bothered about a lack of signings because we should be looking longer term this club has just been rooted in short termism and bad decision making for several years and got away with it for a period because of what happened under wilder and the way the the players and while they came together and we had something that, that got us somewhere, perhaps that we shouldn't have got to in many ways, given the resources and the way the money had been spent. What happened since then and how we've been run has been close to embarrassing at times. And I think I'd rather us start having some sort of medium medium term plan as to how we we've missed an opportunity. That's all I'm gonna, we've missed an opportunity these last three, four years of, of what going up to the Premier League could give us. And you can say, okay, yeah, we've spent three out of the last five seasons in the Premier League. That's great. 
but I don't think we've really capitalised on the opportunity we got. They said that, didn't they? That was the thing that um, Andrew and Ben were saying that it just like makes them really angry about it. Is like the the club hasn't really progressed as a result of being in the Premier League for three of the last five years, and you with the medium term plan, apparently, on some sections of the supporters and people who have close conversations with the prince, that was then that was what the signings were. They were one eye on the future. They were development players. We were changing the way we were approaching transfers. Well, that's a load of fucking bollocks, isn't it? Swan's gone to France, and one we've seen for about five minutes. It's absolutely, absolute nonsense. The big positive, I will say, is a couple of the younger players are signing contracts. That's great. But yeah. I mean, Hackford, I think I think he's probably about seventh in line to start up front. So I'm not going to get too excited about that one, but at least. You know, if nobody, none of the actual senior players sign a contract, at least we'll have a team to put out next season. Anyway, I'm sorry. Like you say, we've got, we've got, like I say, we've got what 15 players out of contract at the end of the season. That's that's the more fundamental issue for me is planning for what that looks like, and if we're bringing in the right kind of players now that might not necessarily have the impact this season, no way I'd rather us do that. And, and build to think about how we can come back. Otherwise, we're just in... And it goes back to my concern on the managerial appointment. It It's a short-term managerial appointment, unless he's successful. And, you know, whilst at the time when we played Eki Bottom, I thought it was crackers. You know, the, the whole point, the messaging was about stability and planning. And, you know, I don't think any of us expected a, the team to be as lily-livered as it's been at times this season. Um and, and and it shows that Wilder had the same issues that Heckingbottom had with with them in, in some respects. Um, but we've got to, We've got to get this next well next six to eight months right on and off the pitch for me. We've got to start. We've got to get it go into next season with a bit of positivity somewhere. Whether yeah. there's a miracle and we stay up, which let's be honest, I don't think any right-minded blade actually thinks we're going to, unless. These points deductions for Forest and Everton are astronomical, and, and we somehow managed to not finish bottom. But I mean, if they take whatever points they take off Forest and Everton, if they then give to us, yeah, then we might have a chance. chance. <laughs> <laughs> but, but either way, even if it's a little bit like when Wilder left last time, and we actually went down with a bit of positivity, we yeah. won a few games towards the end of that season. We we made an appointment that the fans were happy with in in Slav. It didn't work, but at least we started that season positively. If this season continues in the way that it's carried on, at the way that it's it started, should I say, and we've got so many players out of contract in the summer, I don't see a positive spin on on the start of next season. I don't see how they can be. And like like you touched on earlier, John, there's there's strong rumours that arguably our third best player or a fourth best player potentially of last season might not be here for too much longer. <clears throat> As it happens, I'd probably sell him personally, but it's a sham where you've where you, the team goes up and it's lost its four best players from the from the promotion yeah. side by the end of the season. I mean that doesn't that never happens. That's the this is the thing that never happens. Like in terms of points, like when Norwich went straight back down, I think they probably would have been a few better off than us at this point. 
don't get me wrong, but they wouldn't have, they didn't sell like Aaron's and Cantwell and everyone at the first opportunity when they got promoted because they were wanting to like stabilize for the long term. And this is also the thing, like if the narrative is to, to, you know, this season's all about settling down and, and sorting everything out, that's fine. But the, their words, the actions of everything else isn't sorting anything out. It's short-termism, which is going to create other problems in the long term. If you lose 15 players, 15 members of, of your playing staff in the summer, even if you only replace two-thirds of them, that's 10, 10 players we have to get through the door. And the way we've been doing business in the last couple of years, when are they going to fucking rock up? End of August, when we're already like sat on the bottom of the championship. I don't know. I'm 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 just quite worried. And I know Phil. Before we recorded, we talked about you know these the fact that we took out a loan and stuff like that, and lots of clubs must do that. That's fine, but he he doesn't buy into the. They're probably taking out loans and then going and bringing in. In players or aren't I just don't, I don't read into I don't read much into it. That was my point. Every mm. almost every club there's some that don't need to, but almost every club in the Premier League will do that. We just don't get to see it, and we don't we don't know how much has been taken out. I've not seen a figure put on it. We don't know how long how uh, what the intention for that finance has been used for. I just think there's too many if what if what's and maybes that. Um, there's no point worrying about it because we don't know the reason for it. I think you. I think that's <clears throat> the right way to look at it. But I feel with our ownership and what's gone on in the last couple of years, and particularly in the last six months, surely the only feeling you should have to it is it makes you feel a bit uneasy because you just don't know what's to come with it. If we've got somebody who's trying to sell and continually now getting rid of our only sellable assets and the other assets we've got potentially going to leave for free because we had no forward planning. I don't know. I I just feel a bit uncomfortable about it all. He should have sold the club and pissed off in the summer. Like he said he was going to, he hasn't, and he's still here like a bad smell and things aren't going to improve whilst, whilst that's still the case. Look on the bright side, though. We've got 15 hungry players for the last five months of the season. All of the points of proof, you know. <laughs> I, the, the last part of what you said there, I completely agree with. While ever he's there, I think we're we're pushing water uphill. It, mm. It's almost as if it's Maybe, almost as if yeah. he, he wants us to struggle. It, it's some of the decisions just seem bizarre. I don't think we I don't think we're actively pushing to try and sell an L, By the way, the impression the impression I've had since the start of the season is he don't want to be here. I don't think Anel's looked the same since he came back from glandular fever. He no, yeah. He's had he's had the odd game, but he's not looked anything like since he came back. And no, yeah. Throwing to the fact that he's had a kid as well, you know, we all know what that's like. That you know that can take it out of you. Um, the the thing about the, the whole sale of the club, if he couldn't sell or didn't want, couldn't or didn't want to choose whichever you want at the end of last season when we were a a new Premier League club, when is he going to sell? Because we are never going to be more saleable than when we're in the Premier League. And as of five months from now, we're not going to be in the Premier League anymore. So then the value of the club instantly drops. So then he's got to get us back to that stage before he can get that same, you know, before the club's valued at the same figure. So if we weren't attractive to bidders then, when, when are we going to be? And, we've, and we'll have, in theory, potentially have spent 
the uh, parachute money. Yeah, because the parachute, in advance. the parachute money has already been spoken for and spent. And at probably interest rates, I, don't, I can't really were, but they're going to be somewhere between 8 and 12% interest rates. So, again, interesting to know what his asking price would be. Like you were saying with the loan, Phil, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm obviously not, not a football finance expert, so and, and I, I get that clubs do this for a variety of reasons, cash flow and stuff like that, but surely if you're borrowing money against future income, you, you've got that money earmarked for something, otherwise it's pointless. If, you, if you're just borrowing money to sit in the bank and pay interest on a loan further down, that's an absolute exercise in futility. So if you're doing that, you've got to have that money earmarked for something. So that's got to be earmarked for the plane squad, the hotel, whatever. So if we don't see any of those things happen over the next few weeks and months, then I think that's the time to say, well, what did we why did we take that loan out? I have seen I've seen somebody mention um on Kieran Maguire Kieran Maguire, isn't it? On yeah, his yeah. post that um it could have something to do with the hotel. So and that like I say, we don't actually know a figure. We don't know what it is. But if they're taking a loan out effectively against future earnings to pay for the hotel to be done to reopen it and pay it back using the income from the hotel, that I, I suppose don't know. it depends that, how much we borrow because that yeah, that, that's going to it's even if it's even if it's four or five million. It's let, let's say it's four or five million for it, just as as a. a, a Figure plucked out there. It's going to take a long time for a hotel there to pay back that to make it a worthwhile financial decision, surely. And no Premier League tourists stopping. Because <laughs> you think about it, it was, you know, we're build, building a Radisson in, well, we're getting off, off football now, but they're building a Radisson in town, in the city centre. You know, if we reopen that one, let's be honest, there's only so many people going to come to Sheffield City Centre at the minute. I mean, and I, I know obviously parachute payments were always designed so clubs that went down, you could kind of absorb the wage bill you were carrying down into the division below. Um, and I get we're probably in a better position than some clubs because we won't, a lot of our contracts won't be as high as, as established Premier League teams. And I'm guessing a lot of them will have clauses where the wages go up when we get promoted and drop back down when we get relegated. But that's we're still going to be carrying a reasonable sized wage bill going into the championship and if we've not got the parachute payments to ease that burden they've already been earmarked and, and spent somewhere else then we're back into the are we having to sell players when we go down and the saleable assets are rapidly diminishing aren't they this is what i say we we, we don't know the figure without knowing the figure yeah yeah we, we could be just talking for no reason it might be it might not be anywhere near as much as what people are thinking Yeah, I would but, like to know. Yeah. Should we talk a bit more about football anyway? Because we've just had a bit of a moan there about like structural things. Um, yeah, let's talk the about The only thing cheering me up at the minute is Dan's pink fluffy <laughs> top. <Yeah. laughs> we won 4-0 the other week. We only positively about that. Yeah, they're good I'll tell you, I will give you a positive for that game. Um, will Asula getting a couple of goals will do the yeah. world a good for his confidence. Um, and you, you can only beat who's in front of you, and we did it relatively comfortably and professionally, and maybe a little bit surprisingly. 
Yeah. Let's be right. If you were a Gillingham fan, you would have been like, I, I, we've got a chance here. This, this is a real chance of an upset because these are these are awful. So, you know, it would have been easy to go there and lose one nil. Mm. And everyone would have gone, yeah, yeah, that, that weren't unexpected. So, yeah, to go there, like I said, do it and do it as comfy as we did, then, yeah, absolutely fair play. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they were awful. I know the League Two, but they were awful. <laughs> you know, uh, I agree with you, Phil, though. I think for Asula to get two goals, however they come around, whether, they, you know, one shouldn't have beaten the keeper, but they probably it, shouldn't, they have, count. It. It shouldn't yeah. have got either, really. But yeah. both bad goalkeeping, but. Fair yeah, play he to can only do, for... you know, he gives him some confidence and, you know, like we've said before, he sometimes snatches at those shots, probably doesn't take him. Maybe, maybe it'll just give him that confidence to, to take that opportunity earlier when it presents itself. Listen to Carlos Alba talking about him and he loves him. Hmm. Um, and he, he was saying he don't mind the fact he snatches at shots because he keeps trying. He keeps trying and trying and trying. Whereas there's been times this season where Archer could easy have took a shot on early, but he's come back on himself and the chance has gone. And that doesn't tend to happen very often with Asula. He might not always hit the target, yeah. but he, he does try and get that shot away early yeah. every time. Well, yeah, I know Asaba really likes him. Asaba, he's really um, almost evangelical about him. Um, I mean... He's, he's, he's super positive, though, and he's Asaba. He is, yeah, absolutely <laughs> is, yeah. And 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 power to him because he's got a better constitution than I have this season. But like, it's the Sula's shirt to lose anyway. He definitely should get a start against West Ham on that basis. Um, yeah, I'd agree. And well, maybe as well. I think what I'd like to see happen in the next couple of weeks. Let's try to see some sort of a start. Hopefully, to see a settled side developing. You know. Hopefully, Nathan Davis is is ready to be involved. For the context for that pause, if anyone is actually still listening after his rent, John just did the biggest yawn I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, talking about United. That's how bored he is. <laughs> oh no! I, yeah, I I just want to see some consist consistency in selection and stuff, and hopefully a couple of positive performances to go with it because we've after the run we we had with the uh, well I say run just playing city uh there's a there's a couple of games where if you're going to have any fighting chance you've got to um you've got to really you've got to really turn up and I think that could potentially start on Sunday with West Ham having a couple of players away and stuff uh and obviously getting turned over by a strong West Ham side lost to to Bristol. It wasn't like I don't think Paqueta was playing and a few others, but uh, it was still a strongish side. But we'll see. I mean, it's interesting you talk about the apathy, though. So when I put on the group the other day, who's who's who, of everyone on the court where you're sitting for the for the Brighton game, and I got the one reply from Dan. I That's told apathy. You, I told you that I didn't think well, I would told me, be yeah, right. committing to that one. I didn't ignore I know. you. I know, I did. Um, I guess. I guess the point being is that those who are, you know, of everyone who's potentially, you know, in a position to ease, easily, I'm going to say easily go a local. There's only Dan and Dan. Dan got a date with 
I just uh, hadn't decided yet. Whether it's worth. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I'd already got plans with the uh, with so out with some friends for for uh, yeah. one of my mates' birthdays. So I'll be in the uh, the Neepsend Social Club or uh, Cutlery Works just as we're kicking off that day. So good table well, I, have, I haven't decided it? yet whether it's worth me spending fifteen quid on a ticket to watch United, or I'm not that happy about watching anyway. And have to pay somebody to run my shop on a Saturday afternoon for me. Oh no! I'm sorry, I was, I'm sorry, no, I, was that going? No, I was just <laughs> I was making the point that it's just—it's not an easy decision. Some, sometimes that might be an easier decision to make than others. I yeah, guess. yeah. I think the cup draw was a bit of a damp squib, wasn't it? After like beat Gillingham, like who can we get? Can we progress or can we get like a decent game? Something you know, something that could be interesting and like. Uh, Brighton are a good side, they're very exciting, but this Brighton at home, when you've got them at home two weeks later, is as vanilla as it gets. It is having... not, as, not as vanilla as it is for the Brighton fans. No, this is true. <laughs> it's not that. It's like going to use their seaside pun, it's going up to the ice cream, uh, ice cream van, isn't it? And I'll, I'll have a, one scoop of vanilla, but in a tub. Have you met my daughter? No Pardon? <laughs> Have you met my daughter? Is that what she has? <laughs> Sorry, just made me smile. Just made me laugh. Just okay. thought of straight away. Yeah. Well, there we go. So, yeah, I mean, is there any... Do we do we see anything on Sunday in terms of, like, personnel being involved that might be interesting? Because a few weeks ago, Wilder said that Davis was... He didn't say on the grass, but it's like kicking balls. Uh, I'd like to see Jeb and Beatty start. <laughs> See if he's what? better than his dad. Fuck it. Let's 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 go all in on youth. Well, yeah, I, I mean, this has descended into a right right misery <laughs> session, hasn't it? But that, no, but like we are we gonna see players because Wilder spoke really positively about Davis, didn't he, a few weeks ago? I think he used the phrase he's gonna be a really important player for this club when he's fit. So I'm sure he's hoping to get him. I'm not sure where the side he fits at the moment, but yeah. I mean, he's by far and away our most experienced Premier League player, isn't he? By some distance. And that's what we are screaming out for. So on that basis alone. There's that much Premier League experience in this squad. Luke Thomas was second. I mean, it's a weird one, Luke Thomas, isn't it? And I think this is why when there was the Ben Johnson rumour, uh, the right back from West Ham. Why we're in for right back? I don't know. Um, not the disgraced Canadian sprinter. Not the <laughs> disgraced Canadian sprinter. No, but like it's one of these who's got like the England under twenty one pedigree again, and seem to have seemingly played like hundred games in the in the top flight. After Luke Thomas, I'd be terrified of signing anyone like that again. I'd be like, well, don't care if they played for England under twenty one. So I'd we'll get we someone unproven instead. I can't think of a signing that. Well, did he promise much? I don't know. Or did we all just think he'd just be all right? I just thought he'd be all right and do a good enough job, and then he just was. It just didn't work out for him, did it? It's not like he Tom, didn't Thomas. Thomas. Mm. Leicester fans told us when we signed him. Leicester fans told us he were crap. Yeah. Well, the thing he, is, he looked all right in his first couple of games. Then he was at his Spurs game. He looked pretty good. Mm. And then he just like a rabbit in headlights most but of the time. We were didn't comparing they? him to Larucci post brain fart against City and things, weren't we? So the thing is, you, you, you defy anyone to look any decent player to look good in the 
in our current predicament or the predicament we've, we've been in all season, if you work on the fact that he's not a good player, it just it, it, it absolutely wasn't going to happen, was it? So I, I asked my I asked my man who's choice a, championship left back. Yeah. Trying to do it in the Premier League. Nah. I thought I was asking my mate, the Bournemouth fan, who's um, I said, you know, what's the crack with Mepham then? And he says, a good player, but he's way down their line of defenders now, but they they're getting increasingly short on defense defensive cover. So they might yet want to keep him just on that basis. But then he's defensive cover at third or fourth choice with injuries. So you know, that's that's where we're shopping. It is where we're shopping, though, isn't it? That's yeah. that's the realism of it. Yeah. In, in mitigation, if you look at some of the sides we're up against, some of the sides that we were expected to be competing against this season, I was looking last week when... Did Forrest beat... Did they beat Man U? They did, didn't they? Yeah, and I think their, they did. Their front four was hudson Adoy, Gibbs-White... Alanga, yeah, and Chris Wood. All right, Chris Wood's not brilliant, but all four of those walk into our team and probably instantly become our best player. And this is a side that we were supposedly going to be in a in a mini league with this season. That that's the that's the gap you're looking at. That's that's the gap between us and them. And this and this is a side that's thrown two hundred million at it over two seasons. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Can I counter that a little bit? And and it's a bit of an ironic counter, but sat on the bench recently, we had Rian Brewster, Cameron Archer and Ollie McBurney. Combined fee of, what? 60 million plus. 60 plus million. Yeah, three enough, players enough. that we had sat on the bench. Over 60, if not like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I will but, re-counter that by saying... Made of biscuits, unproven, wank. <laughs> <laughs> he might be wearing a pink fluffy dressing gown, but he's still got the fucking bite, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, we, yeah, you're right. We have spent. As long as, he, as long as he was referring to those three, not the three of us on this pod with him, I don't know. Like, All right. <laughs> I'll mean, take made of biscuits, by the way. <laughs> well, I went back to football last week, and if you're made of biscuits, I'm made of bloody breadsticks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bits ever since. Um, anyway, no. I'm... Back back to your question, John. In terms of things surprising for this weekend, I won't be surprised if Jebison's on or around the inner or around the squad. Yeah, De- depending on his fitness, our blaster maybe. I think he's probably going to be still away away. Isn't he? Yeah. They're expecting him to be out until kind of early Feb. Right. Okay. Seeing his um... video on Instagram the other day, Basham on the bench. <laughs> to be fair, to be I'm, fair, I'm almost... he's. He's I'm almost certain we see Basham before the end of the season. Do you reckon? Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, his foot was pointing in the right direction, which is always a start, isn't it? That's incredible, isn't it? That that guy's that guy's leg were hanging off what <laughs> six weeks ago? Yeah. Oh, it were longer than that, but yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah, it's it not that long ago, is it? September, Fulham. Right. I want to say so it was really warm, Ian, wasn't it? It was warm. I, I saw him. I remember warm beer was all right. That was about it, really. There's nothing and not not just a sympathy like coming off the bench last game of the season for five minutes, like in a brace or something. I I think he's 
you know, I think we'll actually get this team. In a brace. It's <laughs> <laughs> still getting the squad as it is. Last like game, he's in against... Someone off bench like young Forrest Gump with like calipers on his leg. It's like Dane, Dane Whitehouse's benefit match when they brought him on for the last yeah. few minutes. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, I think you're right about Jebison. While they seem to offer a bit of enthusiasm and a bit of encouragement, that all wasn't. Fulham was the seventh of October. Wow. Okay. Wow. I thought it was September, but it was unseasonably warm, John. Yes. I think the thing with just the thing on Jebison today is again this week the press linking all sorts of international and top tier clubs with him again. Would imagine his agents had a hand in that. Just a bit. You know, he's barely barely kicked a ball for how long? Yeah, that, but this is I think Jebison, if he's on the bench for the rest of the season and slowly he's introduced, that's fine. But on on Sunday I want to see a Sula starting after scoring a couple of goals in the cup. And yeah, I can't see there being any other major I just wondered if we wondered if we thought that Presume Norrington Davis if Thomas has gone back and Larucci's Afghan or um I think he's got to, hasn't he? Unless he plays yeah. um trusty, yeah, trust, yeah. trusty at left and then that means I know playing, but yeah, I think he's I think he's trusting on oh, excuse the pun, trusting R and D being fit. Well, I mean he he's a very good player. He's somebody we we really do need to sign a contract, but yeah. Um, and then, like I say, I'd, hopefully in the next couple of weeks we can see people like it, Davis coming back on the bench, our blaster. And then even if it isn't going to be a rosy running, at least we'll see plenty of, hopefully, players looking to cement themselves into the side for next season. I promise know. for next season. That's that's pretty much all we can ask for for the back end of the, for the, back end of the season. Prom- showing some promise for next season and a little bit of... Uh... Optimism for next season, really. Like a midfield of, like you know, with like Davis and and our blaster in and and Brooks potentially could be quite exciting to watch, you know. And then if we can get like Asula, he's under contract for another three years, isn't he? Like getting a bit more clinical with his clear raw talent. Who knows? Uh, who knows? But um, we've got we've got West Ham. And they're going to be licking the wounds, and they're obviously sixth in the league. Does anybody see anything other than an away win on Sunday? I can see us getting a point at least. Yeah, I could. I could. If I'm being optimistic, I could see a one-one. I can see United getting a result on Sunday, and I hope they do. And I hope it makes us look like a right bunch of miserable twats. Because the way we started this podcast, if anyone's still listening, power to you. Um, <laughs> right, I generally, I like. I think so. Why not? They're under strength. Yeah. Yeah, they've got lots of players missing for various reasons. We've been under strength all season, though, to be fair. Yeah, true. (laughs) It couldn't have been, it couldn't have gone much worse Bristol beating them the other night, though. I think that'll get, potentially get a reaction. Moyes is a Mardi fucker, isn't he? He'll, uh, he'll he'll get a reaction. Yeah. I'll, I, I can't say anything other than a way win myself. But happy, more than happy to be proved wrong. Yeah, if I was a betting man, I'd say away win. I just, I, I think we could, we could sneak a one, one, one. Well, thank you for listening to us have a moan. Uh, I don't know if that was the general feeling amongst the supporters, but it's certainly a little bit amongst 
was like, I say Phil's very positive still because he's he's lovely, unlike us, Cindy. Um, um, I wouldn't I'll, say I'll, I'm positive. We'll tweet... I wouldn't say you were lovely either. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tweet out the uh, the number for Samaritans uh, when we give you the link for this. Only well, one way to finish, boys. Anyway, isn't it? Up the blades. Up the blades. Up the blades. <laughs>